we're back. We are? Where'd we go? Uh, well, I went to Sweden. You did. I did. I went a few places. Where'd you go? I, um, I was in North Carolina for a weekend. Wow. Wow. Oh, we were in Pennsylvania for another weekend. <gasps> we were. So many thrilling adventures we have had. Guys, summer's, summer's a hard month for free weekends. It is a hard month for free weekends. There aren't a lot of them. And the ones you do have, you just sort of want to treasure and, like, not do anything with your, you know, five hours of free time. Yeah, I mean, it's nice outside. Exactly. And this is actually a special summer. We're not even on a weekend right now, are we? Are we skipping? Are no, we well, we got the day off. We got the day off from work, so we didn't have any plans. You know, because it's a federal holiday. Yeah, you know. It's July 4. Otherwise known as 4-7 in Europe. Mm-hmm. In Canada, <laughs> in South America. Anywhere else but here. Asia, we really like Australia. to, you know, mess it up with the metric system, Fahrenheit. Well, you know, we declared system, our independence Fahrenheit. from England. And, and all of its systems. And they said, cool. And here we are. That's oh, it. Jolly good. Okay. Jolly good. Oh, that's fine. Fair. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Totally get it. 100%. Done. Queen out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're thrilled that we have the day off because we have a whole lot of freaking catching up to do. Like, yes, we were negligent, but yes, we also watched things. Yeah, we had, you know, some free time. So we watched a bunch of movies. And then said nothing about them. But now you're going to hear about it because this is... A Couple's Guide to Romance. Cinema. And this is... Movie. Speed dating. Yay! Yeah. We didn't botch that up. That's great. We didn't even practice. Are you setting your timer? I'm getting it ready. All getting right. Getting it ready. Um, we, we, gotta, we gotta stick on time because this is, you know, speed dating. So yes. we have a set amount of time to talk about each of these crazy movies that we've watched. And then we're going to go on and at the end we'll talk about which one we wanted to, to marry, which one we wanted to kill, and which one we wanted to fuck. Well, that's tough because there are four movies. <laughs> and one of them just gets a pass. And one of them watches. <laughs> like, one of them gets a pass. Um, one of them sits in the closet in a Superman costume just just watching. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one. Well, that'll be a fun one to talk about. Which one fits that description? Um, so, yeah, we are going to go in order. From what we had watched, chronology. Chrono chronologically. chronologically there it is that's the that's what the word is the chronologist you know what word but, i've had trouble saying by the way recently what's that impersonator impersonator i keep forgetting it i was literally hosting a conference call and i was trying to say the words elvis impersonator impersonator and i was like you know elvis pretending to be <laughs> an impersonator yeah impersonator I, fuck, I fucked it up sometimes i fuck up what did English. you say? what was it Impersonator? I said imperson and then I forgot that. I forgot the end. Okay! Impersonator. I get it. Just I get say it. impersonator. 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 Okay, I got it. Impersonator. Just keep saying it. Impersonator? Impersonator. 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 I want I want the word to lose all meaning. I just let's just say it back and impersonator? forth. Impersonator. 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 Snatch you later. Impersonator, 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 impersonator. No, 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 you're gonna fuck me up. Now I'm never gonna <laughs> I'm never I'm always gonna all mess right, up that all word. Right, all right. So, um, I don't think we should introduce the movies until we're going to talk about them. Okay, great. I think we should just... Roll with it. 
launch right in. Because this is speed dating, so you as the listener are like the speed dater. Right, you, you don't it. know who you're going to get. Yeah. You're just going to, somebody's going to land in front of you, and they could be a freak, they could be normal, they could be boring, uh, so boring that you're like counting down the minutes. They could be two children in a trench coat. <laughs> I hope not, but yes, mm. it's possible. It's, you you just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and Does this so still happen by the way. Do people still speed date? Oh yeah, I know it was a thing for a bit. It was oh, yeah. like a trend. And now no, I always get like I see Groupons for speed dating. <laughs> because now it's like people speed date in reality, but with dating apps. So they'll have like three dates in one day. I mean, we're really out of it. I know what being is, a committed 11, couple, eleven years of committed, right? So we have no idea. No, no idea. All you single people, it's great and miserable. So congratulations, have fun, or don't. I don't know. Do whatever you do. That's nice. Get a lot of free meals. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, you ready to go? <laughs> free meals. Uh, <laughs> yes, and also you're all welcome uh, for us keeping this podcast under two seven hours. However long it would be if we just kind of freeform this. All right, let's go. Let's go. Your phone's broken. All right, right and start. start. Destination Wedding. That's oh, the first one we watched. Oh, my God. I like this movie. I, I thought it was fun. thought I would love this movie. It, okay, Destination Wedding, it's on Netflix. So, isn't it on Netflix? Prime? It's on something. It's on one of those It was channels. out in theaters a while back in it's, the fall. It stars Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. The, the internet's latest sensation, Keanu Reeves. And that's it. No one else is in this movie. There is literally no one else in this movie. They're the only characters that have speaking lines. Everyone else is just, they're, they're extras. And all they do is speak. That, that's it. They're just in constant dialogue with one another. It's great. I, you know what? I thought I would like it. And for the first 20 minutes, I thought, this is genius. This gives me the feeling of a Woody Allen movie without the guilt and uh, disturbing uh, air of, uh, you know, child endangerment as a Woody Allen movie. Um, but it got boring to me. It was, they were so verbose. I just wanted to smack them both and tell them to shut the hell up. Look, I thought, I thought it was really funny. I thought, I mean, if you're going to get a if you're going to have, you know, a movie or a play with just two people that do nothing but talk and nobody else, but, and there's no, there's, I mean, there's no like real action, like. It, it's all like they're, so. They're two people. They don't know each other, mm -hmm. and they end up sitting together on a plane, going to the same wedding after they've already learned that they hate each other. Mm -hmm. But because they hate everybody else more, they're the only people they talk to. Also, because uh, nobody else wants to really talk to them, so they keep getting seated together. So Keanu Reeves plays the groom's brother, and Winona Ryder plays the groom's ex-girlfriend, fiance, which. I mean, who invites their ex-fiance to a That wedding? is a lie That's, from the film. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. And so, like, they're, they're, it's got, like, a, a longer second title that I cannot remember. Oh, does it have a subtitle? It's something, I'm not something about narcissism. Um, oh, because it so steals from Woody Allen. It's like, I, oh my, except none of the characters <coughs> are Woody Allen. I mean, I think that's that's a, both a fair comparison and an unfair comparison. Really? I mean, so you have a movie where we'd have nothing but two neurotic leads talking the whole time. I mean, it's it's an apt comparison to Woody Allen, but at the same time, Woody Allen cannot 
and does not have a monopoly on 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 neurotic tendencies and narcissism. At least they were. Let's also just say the other distinguishing factor is that this was set in California, in wine country. Mm -hmm. So at least it's not um, you know set in New York. So it it, it's. (laughs) Yep. It could have been a complete and utter ripoff, but again, I think there is a there is an itch. There is for me, there's an itch for intelligent uh, dialogue in films that are romantic in nature. Sure, it just doesn't exist. And so when you have people like bantering back and forth um, in a way that's uh, utterly compelling and you know, for the most part, well written, you think. Yes, yes, yes! So here's my thing, especially... So I feel like in Woody Allen movies, uh, a lot of the scenes are setups to a joke. Either that comes at the end of the scene or a little further down the line. This movie, every scene is in service to uh, the characters. True. Which I think sets it apart. I will also say this movie had the most awkward and realistic sex scene I've ever seen on film. Which is, you know, in the after the ceremony of the wedding? Yes. Uh... It's been a while. Yeah, I think after the wedding ceremony, like, or in the reception, they go for... The, the wedding set, it takes place in a vineyard, and they go for a walk in the field. And, uh, of course, they realize that even though they despise each other... They, they like each other, right? That's the Well, what? it's like, so, I mean, at this point, they're just, like, attached to each other. Mm-hmm. There's but a... then they have a run-in with a mountain lion, and they fall down a hill, and it's almost kind of like this, well, we should do this, right? Yeah. I, I guess so. Like, they fall into each other. Isn't it that whole, like, setup where people just fall yeah. into each other and then it's like well in in a really romantic film and not a romantic comedy like the strings would, be, would swell rom- they'd have be, a long yes, lingering look into yes, like each other's the, eyes the, the beach be scene and from here to eternity where they're like rolling around on each other but no this is like bruising tumble down the hill awkward sexual encounter with grass stains and kind of just well, so sex is what should happen now, right? Like, I guess so. Bad teeth. Keanu had like gray teeth. I swear they just took like charcoal and marked up his teeth, and he did this weird I did um, not notice hacking teeth. thing during the whole movie, which was his, um, I guess, neurotic tick, where he'd be like, <laughs> "You don't remember that?" He had bad, he had sinus problems. <laughs> he had sinus that was the thing. problems. He had post nasal drip. He okay, so. No, that he did not have sinus problems. That's why he kept having phlegm in his throat. How are That's we doing on time? How we're are we fine. Doing we're on fine. Time? We're gonna hear. Don't worry okay. about it. Just go. Just okay. go until we stop. Okay. Is he gonna do the dinosaur thing? It's yes. Okay. Uh, no, he. Um, it was gross. Like that was what made his char- her character. Like there had to be something um, that really undergirded the fact that they were neurotic and strange, um, and his was that he kept making that terrible terrible sound well no it's also that he was like a complete malcontent like he oh yeah yeah i mean oh, he, yeah. Was, he was a misanthrope really I mean, you, you could argue that he was doing that to keep people away maybe but it was also just a thing that he did where she's like you know if you took uh imagine like meg ryan from romantic comedy and just cranked it up to 11 right 
Right. And also just um, maybe incredibly insecure and analytical and uh, like almost analyst style. I, I felt sort of, but she also, uh, like I think, I don't know, it's hard to say if they had uh, a sense of uh, self-reflection mm-hmm. um, or if they were just critical of everybody else, period. I feel like they there was some self-deprecation throughout. Oh, yeah. they were incredibly self-deprecating. But like in a way that's like... Nobody else does this, and that's what makes me special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they also had cute moments. Like, the, they were uh, staying in adjoining hotel rooms, you know, when you get the door that you share. And um, she was late at night watching a movie from the 40s and paused the TV and realized he's watching the same movie. Mm-hmm. So they had things in common, other than being misanthropes, other than being at this place where they didn't want to be, there was, you know, there was, there were more, there was more than just the situation. Yeah, and I mean, I'd say, you know, for, you'd hope this for a movie where there's just two characters that do nothing but talk, but, you know, they're full, you know, three-dimensional characters. Like, mm-hmm. we get to know them as actual humans throughout the movie, like, their pasts, what they think, what they feel. What do you think about their chemistry? I mean, it's fun. These are two, like film um especially these are two people who are having a renaissance these are they're having they're in the glow up winona Ryder for stranger things and keanu reeves for everything that he's in now keanu reeves, don't call it a comeback keanu reeves <laughs> never went away okay he never went away but all of a sudden he has become let's just admit this an insanely beloved figure who has this very aloofness to him and also seems to be just utterly cool and normal as a human. Like, I was watching this interview with Octavia Spencer, where she was saying when she first moved to Hollywood, she got she was headed to an audition, and her car broke down, and she was on the side of the road, and she was, like, you know, wearing no bra, wearing, like, sweatpants. She was freaking out, and um, nobody would stop and help her. And eventually, someone pulled up on a motorcycle to help her, and that someone was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. He gets to, like, children's hospitals. Has been for years. I'm going to say something. You know, he always gets a lot of flack. um, But I think he can act. And he does a good job in this movie. Well, we haven't watched A Walk in the Clouds. I'm not going to say that he's the greatest actor. He's not not Brando or Meryl Streep or anything. But, like, he does a good job. I I feel like... um, Or Glass House. We haven't watched that one either, which is another... There's one where he plays the Buddha. I don't know about Siddhartha, that one. yeah. Oh god. With uh oh what's her face? Uh Jane F- not Jane Fonda. Uh the the younger Fonda from the nineties. What's her Bridget name? Fonda. Bridget Fonda. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing in it. Anyway. Um Oh, and the remake of uh Sweet November. With him and Charlie's Theron. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well that was it. That's really old. That came out in the nineties. Oh, we're done. Ah, Godzilla! That was the longest ten minutes ever. It's been a while since we did that. Wait, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready! Too bad! Oh no, what's happened? It's a decent proposal. Oh my god! I'm actually really disappointed we only have ten minutes to talk about this movie. (laughs) 
because there's so much to talk about this movie. We were like... It was so dumb. It was like a treasure to watch it, though. We had so much fun. Oh, my God. This was like the best Friday night ever. Just was sitting there and so watching Indecent Proposal. This is dumb. so bad. It, like, it... I, I could write a dissertation on, you know... Uh, what this movie has to say about capitalism, because it has it has something to oh, say. Oh, it capital. has a strong it's, opinion, and it is gross. Like, I, but at the same time, like it doesn't like it tries to shy away from it. Like it's there, but it like it, it's, it's not brutally like it's not super apparent. It's just sort of like you but have it's, to. Infer. But it's also not trying to be subtle. It just it's really well, ham fisted. How could it be subtle? The plot line. Yeah. Let's just talk about. There's no way to make this this. Um, Plotline subtle, and you know how you can best describe the, well, the plot, plot line? Well, the plotline's not subtle. No, yeah, go. How? Indecent proposal. Right. Yeah. So, if if, if you don't remember, this movie came, was like a, a big... Early uh, 90s. Yeah, phenom, I guess, in the early 90s, where uh, Robert Redford offers Woody Harrelson a million dollars to sleep with Demi Moore. His wife. You Don't forget the most important part. Right. His wife. His wife. His wife. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Robert Redford is basically like what Donald Trump imagines himself to be. Oh yeah. And he's still gross. It's like a, an, an attractive, intelligent Donald Trump. Yeah. But we still don't know where he made his money. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's a, he's a gambler. He's a con man. That's what we know about him. And he's Robert Redford. Like, that's it. And like, he thinks he can get anything he wants. I feel like this movie should have been a thriller. Like, there's a point, like, after... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. So, he he offers him a million dollars to sleep with his wife. And they're like, oh, God, this fucking movie. This and, fucking and goddamn let, movie. Let's, let's all set the background. So... We do get some background on Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore. Is that they really love each other? They're high school sweethearts. They're high school sweethearts. He's an architect, and they so just bone passionately. They just all the they're time. so young. They got married so young because they were just so passionately in love with each other. But now the bank is threatening to repossess Life his is getting hard. Uh, unfinished architecture project. So they do what any middle class American would do. And go to Las Vegas. They take their the money from his, his dad. dad. Yeah, to go to Las Vegas, where first night they make just enough, like almost about enough, mm -hmm. to, um, to pay off their debts. Yeah, and you know, which you should stop, but of course they don't because they gotta. Oh, they got the itch. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep, we gotta that ride this. We gotta ride yeah. this, and then they lose it all the next night. Yeah, of course. So, um, and also. The entire, like, the movie, the tone of the film shifts dramatically when they get to Vegas. It's a completely new film, just from an aesthetic standpoint. And the reason for that is because the everything in Vegas was directed by Michael Bay. Oh. Like, it looks like it... What it, about the rest of it? Somebody else. Really? Yeah. Did they, like, fire Michael the Bay, director? Mi no, they... Michael Bay just directed the Las Vegas unit. Oh. So, like, everything that happens in Vegas, like, looks like a meatloaf music video. Like, yeah. It's, it's really, it is really, like, over the top and, and garish it's like, and bright. Yeah, the moment they get to Vegas, like, it just kind of screams, like, oh, it just drips and just debauchery and just, Sex. oh, this is everything that's wrong with America and, and you that... love it, you pigs. <laughs> 
And, and it reminds me too, I mean, it's like, you know, we all know about Michael Bay and his treatment of his female, of the, the females that are in his movie. But that's the exact point when Demi Moore goes from being this, like, cute, lovable, childhood sweetheart, innocent, to browsing some sexy-ass dress after she steals a handful of chocolates and being, coming this, like, sexualized being uh, under the gaze of Robert Redford, who um, sees her and thinks, Hey, look at that shoplifter! Hey, I mean, you know, they take a look at each other and there's an attraction. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. But of course, this movie's like, oh, there's something wrong with that. It's seedy. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah, and he wants her no matter what. He's like, mm, I want this woman. And so he, you know, uh, brings them both back to his penthouse. Mm-hmm. To, uh, he friends them, the, just kind of yeah. like trots around, is like shows Spends, them off. Like, a few hours, like have a drink, just having some fun. Like, and I'm like, hey, hey, like, what if I paid you a million dollars to one night with your wife? Deal with the devil. And then they like, oh no, no. And then they leave, and they're kind of lying there, and she's all like, ooh, it'd be nice to be worth a million dollars. And what if I did it for you, baby? And he's all like, I could use money. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and then they call up all of her plat, who's their lawyer. It's like okay, all yeah. Let me like, draw this up. This would be great. This is fantastic. I What's mean, my cut? Yeah, exactly. He's got a great starring oh. role in this, or and like supporting role. We missed our first cameo of the film. Who? Uh, gross Billy Bob Thornton in the casino. Oh my god, I blacked that out. There's so many bizarre cameos in this film. Oh my god, I blacked that out. Billy Bob Thornton, Rip Taylor shows up as uh... Demi Moore's boss. Oh, Which is bizarre. Yeah, that is bizarre. Uh, Billy Connolly shows up as himself. Oh, that is bizarre. Um, I've totally blanked all these people. Yeah. So, like, this whole movie, it, it, it's like uh, Gen X trying to get out there on their own. It's like, we're not, we're, we're young and idealistic, and the baby boomers come along and say, hey, we got money. We all sold out in the 80s. Get a piece. And then they're all like, well, maybe if we just dip our toe in And then at the end, it's like, well, we still have our love, but we're solid forever. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-winded parable around about why getting married at a young age is hard. Lose <laughs> that too. Yeah, <coughs> like you know, if you get married before you have any sexual experiences, and then someone offers you a sexual experience, you're like, well, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't, but. I've only there's, seen one there's so many gross things about this film. Like it's the fact that like after they agree uh, and sign the paperwork, that he uh, gets her in her hel in his helicopter and uh, goes out to his yacht miles from shore, where she pretty totally much has safe. to, where she totally pretty much safe. has to, you know, because of the implication. Well, they don't show it though, <laughs> which is so funny. They, I'm yes, like, where is the sex? He also he it. says, "I'll flip a coin, heads you stay, tails you leave," and of course. It, it's a double-sided coin, Ugh. so he tricked her into doing it anyway. Ugh, gross. Uh, not that she didn't want to, because of course she did. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it's Robert Redford. I mean, I mean he didn't look so... He's um, Robert Redford. Uh, he's a markety face. He is a smooth criminal. I mean, yeah. He still, I'm sure, looks the same. I have this feeling that he just sort of like... He went through this phase where he aged, and then he sort of just stayed at that age throughout... 20 to 30 years. Um, but, you know, it's amazing. So what I love about this film that everybody forgets, you're like, oh my god, yeah, she had sex with him. Then she's like, she's with him. They become yeah, a no, couple. Yeah, no, 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 that's the whole thing. Like, 
So, like, they start getting into fights, like, as soon as she gets back. Of course. Because, like, he's glad he's back. But then, like, she's also hiding shit from him, so, and he knows he that she's hiding it. shit, so, like, the secrets push them apart. And at the same time, Robert Redford's still buzzing around in the background, buying out their, their foreclosed house underneath of them, because mm-hmm. he's a fucking piece of shit. And that's the point where this movie should have become a... I would imagine, like, if this was on Life, it would have been a thriller where in which, like, her marriage is falling apart, but, like, evil Robert Redford's still trying to get with her, and he's, like, stalking her and, like, ruining their lives. He's kind of like Mr. Burns, but... But instead, like... Single-minded. We're supposed to like him, which is weird. Yeah, we, we are supposed to... Like, there's, to, there's nothing really bad we can say about Robert Redford at the end of the film. Like, he even, like gracefully gives to me more an excuse to leave mm-hmm. instead of having like a whole production just be like oh by the way uh, oh hi yeah, no um i'm a scumbag you can go it's okay well he like, has the- he has a moral center well one of the things they do they do give him they make him a multi-dimensional character which is Barely, interesting. Not really. i mean but really they show that they basically just allow him to be robert redford like that's it like he's if on the page there's nothing there about him sure Sure, except that he thinks that, you know, money can buy anything, and he does learn at the end that money can't buy everything. Yeah, but, like, whatever. And he's never been in love. He's also never been in love. That's why we should have sympathy for him, is because he has to feel like he needs to buy his way to love, and he finally gets love, and then he realizes... No, I don't have any sympathy for this piece. Okay. No, he's a piece of shit. Okay. Fuck that guy. Well, I'm just telling you how it's written. You know how it was based on a book, too. Oh. This thing blew my mind. Ah! Oh, no! Oh, I feel like real quick I should mention No! The no, book. it's your rules! I have rules! to. I have to. Okay, fine. It's really good. So, real quick, based on the book. I hate you. Go ahead. The book. Yes? The main character is Jewish, and the millionaire is a wealthy Arab. And so there's this whole kind of choose love money subtext. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right, moving on. God. Okay, so... Always Be My Maybe, our first Netflix rom-com. Yay, we were so excited to watch this. Um, I love Ali Wong, love her to death. She uh, plays a successful chef, superstar chef, um, who is engaged... To Daniel Kim uh, from Lost. Yep. And he turns out to be a jerk, and she's just, she's unlucky in love. Yeah, she's uh, lucky in business, unlucky in love. And then she meets her, would re-meets her would-be high school sweetheart, who they spent one night together. Unfortunately, it was the night that his mom died, and her his mom was kind of like her substitute mother figure. Yeah, we're not giving this good justice. Because uh, uh, it's so, not just like, her high school sweetheart, it was her best friend yeah. throughout her whole life. And so they kind of got like wrapped up in their own pain and lashed out at each other for, you know, not allowing each other the room to experience their own pain. And um, then they just dropped out of each other's lives for 10 years, 15, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's still now living at home with his dad. Because his playing... mother's death destroyed his life, basically. Yep, basically. Yeah. Uh, and any ambition he had. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he enjoys the place that he's in, which is basically like a couple of square blocks in San Francisco. 
And he smokes a lot of weed and plays in a band, which mm-hmm. is so fun. What is the name of his band again? I can't think of the name of his band. Uh, Swerve Driver? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, not it. Drive Shaft? Maybe. Maybe. You know, um, it, it is, it, like, this is actually a really heartfelt, nice movie. And I also, like, you know, this yeah, is... Yeah, it was super cute. This is this movie was in production at the same time as um, Crazy Rich Asians, which mm. is great. So we have two, basically... Asian um, dominated uh, rom coms, and this one has just gotten so much publicity because it breaks the t- stereotype of the Asian overachiever. It's like here, here it's showing people falling in love with somebody who is super content to not go, you know, to live in his life where it is and not, yes, but yes, he still has the problem that a lot of rom-com characters do which is that he's safely ensconced in his bubble and in order to actually have Uh, love he has to learn to break out and compromise and and move on and and grow as a person same with her though same with her she's in a different bubble and she like looks back on you know her childhood in, in some way with not with disdain but like certain like oh i've moved on from this there's no value in this mm-hmm. and that's what her that's her learning um and you know who teaches them that lesson <laughs> keanu reeves i wanted to do ta- okay fine <laughs> so we get two times we get to talk about keanu twice mm-hmm. oh my god thank god there was a little break so um so we would you know continue to be so fresh and hot on keanu because let's just we could just talk about him forever but guess who he plays Himself. Yeah, he a plays A fictionalized himself. version of himself. I've wrestled with his role in this film a little bit. Yeah, tell me why. So, I, the restaurant scene, I absolutely love. Genius. I mean, just just the, the, the whole, the, just a nice, like, takedown of gastronomy. You know, it, it had it too good for too long. But it is very true yeah. that if you go to, like, a high-end <laughs> restaurant that gives you small plates and you spend $200 on, like, four glasses of nice wine and ten small plates, you go walk out and want a hamburger. Sure, but also like just the whole like food as a as an emotional journey. Oh, I didn't. Kind of. You're really interpreting. Well, this no, because, no, that, that's like the whole deal of especially of like molecular gastronomy. Oh, and like true. that's what this restaurant, like the restaurant that they're at, is like playing against, and especially because it's like a fancy rich person's restaurant. So everyone who's rich uh, dresses like they're homeless, which it's uh, true. our main character, uh, who is not rich, never really quite figures out how to catch on with so he's always wearing like tuxedos when everyone else is wearing street clothes dirty old giant sweaters and um but so there's the one part where like they get fed venison uh like a little like you know cube of venison while they have while they listen to the animal (laughs) dying yeah dying while they eat it to fully get a 4d experience of the deer yeah um you know a lot about this is about cooking right it's about like again like the consideration of comfort versus places where you're uncomfortable and um as evidenced by cooking well yeah and there's also this whole thing like especially because we get to this molecular gastronomy restaurant and it's all about this the emotional journey of the meal right, right. and it's this hoity-toity, kind of avant-garde, you know, you can get super annoyed and not be fulfilled whatsoever by the time you're done. 
or by the end of the movie where she makes a down home traditional Korean restaurant. Yeah. That's real home style, just like she learned from his mother. It's it's with her his mother's recipes. Right. Yeah. And it's dedicated and to his That's mother. the emotional journey of the food, which he finally gets. Yeah. But she also comes to under you know, recognize uh, that you, you can reach other people besides, you know, the super wealthy stars and whatnot. Right, right. But Keanu Reeves' character is obnoxious. Yeah. Oh my God. He's um. He he's is insane. Oh, also we gotta talk about. There's also another girlfriend character who's equally obnoxious. Oh yeah. Who's like got a um got dreads, got a- Asian dreads. So there's yeah. an entire like funny line of dialogue where they're texting back and forth about how do you dread Asian hair. Notoriously straight. <laughs> but the whole the whole thing about Keanu Reeves in this movie is I at first I didn't really like it because that's not Keanu Reeves. Like I feel like we at this point kind of know enough about Keanu Reeves just being a chill cool dude who plays in a band that nobody really listens to that much. Yeah. Uh and now like he's insane and he's like smashing vases over his heads and demanding people punch him in the face. He wants to experience life. But yeah. I think Keanu Reeves was the force that he needed to be at that time for those two people to push them together and remove any roadblocks in their way to achieve their happiness. Yeah, he has a magical she about... Like, there's... there's, I'm sorry. (laughs) There's one thing about Keanu Reeves I'll say. He he exudes... His force is on another spiritual plane. Like... (laughs) This is what we take away from every film that he's in, whether it's Bill and Ted's, whether it's Speed. His his force, his his life force, is just in a different place than the rest of us. Especially Destination Wedding. Especially Destination Wedding, where he's hacking up his life force. But okay, can I say something about this movie that's going to be unpopular? What's that? I didn't think it was funny. It had I didn't its moments. Think it like, was funny. No, that's that's. Fair, I like, think. I thought every joke just, like, did not land. Like, I did not even chuckle during this movie, except when the Keanu Reeves uh, deer thing. That was, like, the only laugh or laugh. And there's tons of jokes in this film. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's, it definitely is, you know, a middle-of-the-road kind of movie. Like, it's not unenjoyable. You'll watch it, you'll like it, and you'll move on with your life. Like, yeah, I mean, it's fluff. I mean, it's a romantic comedy, and the same, you know... You know, uh, uh, vein of a lot of romantic comedies where, you know, you're just supposed to watch it, enjoy it, and move on with your life. Yes, Mona, hi. Uh, the first time our life gets interrupted by cat. Um, but we still have to go with the speed dating. Yeah, we're going with the speed dating. We're losing time. The cat is intentionally sabotaging us by coming in and sticking her paw mm. under the door and meowing. Um... So, and now ripping up the carpet. So, anyway, I, I'm with you. I thought it was fluff. I just wanted, I wanted better. Like, everybody in it, from the lead, I don't know the poor name of the lead male character that wasn't Keanu Reeves, but he was great, and he's been, he's from Fresh Off the Boat, mm-hmm. super funny guy, really charming. We did zero prep before this episode, by We the did way. zero yeah. prep, can't remember his name. Ali Wong, who I think is super funny. I just didn't feel their chemistry and also thought I liked her best friend character 
Our best friend character was good. Yeah, she yes. was funny. She was funny. Yeah. And I actually think the woman that played the weird hippie, um, dreaded hair Asian woman was pretty good. It was a pretty good character. It was a good character. But anyway, I just, it, I, it was lacking for me. I, w- I had high expectations because it was like, oh my God, what a fun. I was hyper targeted for this on Instagram. So like every other ad I would see would be like, always be my maybe on Netflix. You're going to love it. Oh. I'll let you have the final word. Anyway, I didn't love it. <laughs> That's not as good of an ending as the book. I'm sorry. I just want to say I didn't love it. Oh, that's okay. I it. mean, I thought... We gotta start it again. I thought it was more soulful than funny. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Go. Okay, so... Go. Last movie. <gasps> last movie! This one's gonna throw us for a loop, because we watched it last night. And it falls in the uh, realm of uh, questionable romances. I mean... It, there is a romance. It is romantic. I'm going to cross This was not my idea to include this either, but I'm going to defend it. Con oh. Air. Con Air! So, as far as romance goes, he, he spends the entire beginning of the movie just keeping those fires burning with his woman back mm. home, outside of prison, well, it, no. and then spend the rest of the movie just trying to get back to her Sorry. in the most honorable way possible. Sorry. Before we start, I have something to say. How do I get through a night without you? If I was to live without you, what kind of life would that be? <laughs> yeah, that's where this this song comes from, Con Air. If you forgot, it's Leanne. Rhyme. It wasn't. It wasn't Leanne Rhymes though, because I remember. I don't want to live without you. I want to know how to The answer is she lived well, man. She like didn't miss him. She looked great at the oh, end. Oh, she's super she missing. Like... Well, she took a shower before she picks her husband up from prison. Oh, truth. Um. Okay. So I can't remember the last time I watched Con Air. It was like when I was. 12 mm-hmm. and also i thought to myself they should not have let a 12 year old watch that movie because it was it's pretty violent well i'm sure you saw it on like tbs or something no i don't think i saw it in the theater i probably yeah, saw no. it this was a tbs mainstay oh yeah i confused it with the rock because both of those it's, movies were yeah. just like constantly well it's the same it's the same filmmakers oh is it yeah okay yeah and I was like, where's Sean Connery? And it's a lot of the same actors. I know. Well, no, so just Nicolas Cage. I don't... No, Sean Connery. Yeah, no, they're a lot of, a lot of like, the Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay mainstays started in Connery. Your Ving Rhames, your Steve Buscemi's. Yeah. Um, maybe Danny Trejo. Yeah, I don't know if Danny Trejo's in another, any of the other ones. But yeah, there are some very recognizable, uh, Chris Rock is in this movie. No. No, not Chris. Oh my god, not Chris Rock. Oh Dave god. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Famously in this movie. Dave Chappelle has Because he's the chorus draw from the plane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I have a theory, I want to say, just, just a, a, a meta theory about this film. Yeah. After the setup, after Steve Buscemi is brought onto the plane, the rest of the film is a meta narrative of just the actors going through the motions. We have just these great little throwaway lines, uh-huh. like uh, John Malkovich leaning in to Steve Buscemi, I'm a real fan of your work. We have Vin oh. Rames basically giving a slight meta-narrative over some of the racist stuff that's thrown his way at the beginning of the film. Because the film is racist. He's basically saying, like, I'll play this role if it gets me a bigger, 
you know, star. Uh-huh. Which it did. Well, how is, what's Danny Trejo's meta-narrative? Because he just plays a rapist. Um, he was, well, he had been, uh, he had been in prison for, for B&E, so he's pretty glad to be there. <laughs> um, and then oh, I'm my... sorry, uh, 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 armed robbery, not B&E, excuse yeah, me. Uh, do you know my favorite, um, kind of meta line is when, uh, Nicolas Cage says something and then says, we're leaving, La- we're not leaving Las Vegas. I was like, boom! Turns something out those, like that. Those films came out the same year, so that it was... It says, Viva Las Vegas. No, he said leaving Las Vegas. He said Viva Las Vegas. Well, I heard leaving Las Vegas, (laughs) and I thought that was so fun. But they're, I mean, just Nick Cage and Vegas are pretty much linked. Like, Nick Cage could have a stage show in Vegas until he died, and he, yeah, people go to it. I I know we didn't look up, we didn't do any research, but like, heads or tails, or what, uh, I'm going to ask you a random question. Jesus Christ, I am so sorry. Not Ving Rhames, Michael Clark Duncan. Was it? Oh, oh shit. shit. I thought it was Bing Rames. It's Bing no. Rames. It's not Michael Clark Duncan. Did I look it up? <laughs> I'm telling you. I it's feel Bing so Rames. bad. But we're not the first people to get those two confused. I'm telling you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I saw his name. Oh, it was Bing Rames. It was? Yeah. Okay. It's definitely. All right. I should have stuck with my gut. <laughs> Good job. Apologies to both of you guys. <laughs> um. Because Michael Clark Duncan was in the Green Mile, right? Yes. Yes. Very different. Didn't he have like a sort of an eye? His eye is a little bit. Okay. Are you thinking Forrest Whitaker? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, Forrest Whitaker and Steve Buscemi have the most famous weirdo eyes in Hollywood. Uh... I mean, after Peter Lorre. Like, Steve Buscemi is basically Peter Lorre 2.0. Yes. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan. What is it? They do look a lot alike. He was in the Green Mile. Yeah, and I think that's why Ving Rhames eventually grew a mustache. He was also mustache. in Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, which felt very similar, like a very well. That's yeah, Michael film. Bay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, I, what I was going to ask you before we messed up every African American actor in this movie, um, the so what I was. <laughs> What was Chief O'Brien doing there? Well, he went back in time. They flew around the sun. He was transported back in... And he just had to play a dick to reset the timeline. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> what, what I was going to say is, do you think Nick Cage used a body double to do all those crazy push-ups in prison? No, I think he was a fit dude. He can do that. I think he still had a stunt double for most of his stunts, oh, for yeah, sure. yeah. 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 But, but, like, his one-arm pull-ups, yeah, I, I got no doubt Nick Cage can do, do one-arm Do pull-up. you, um, you know who the star of this film was, really, though? John Cusack? Nick, Nick Cage's hairpiece. His piece. <laughs> I thought it was his terrible accent. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Alabama. I'm an Alabama man. I'm from the bayou. <laughs> Wasn't he in another movie where he was also Southern and had a terrible accent? Uh... Sure. Oh, there was Captain Corelli's mandolin, but oh. that was, he had a really bad Italian accent. I'm a Captain Corelli! Here's in my mandolin! In Moonstruck, and I don't remember it being that bad, but maybe it was supposed to be like more like Brooklyn. Yeah, like, yeah just a New York accent. Like, yeah. I don't think that was a big, big stretch for Nick Cage. Uh, but, yes, he is just an He is, you know, it's interesting because only, I think, in the Raising Arizona, Raising Arizona was like 1992-ish, 
was the only time in Moonstruck where I think Nick Cage didn't look like he was rabid in a film. Like his face. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. I might give you that. I was going to say... The I mean, man is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Yep. He was really good in um, uh, that David Lynch film. No idea. Yeah. Not, it's, not the twin uh, gynecologist one. No, no. That's David oh. Cronenberg. Oh, different guy. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, fuck, it's gonna bug me. I'll, okay. I'll figure it out later. But uh, yeah, Laura Dern's in that. A lot of good, a lot of great name, people. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'll give you that. He's uh, he's a weird dude. Can we he, talk um, about how great Steve Buscemi is, though? He's he's great. I feel like John Malkovich kind of gets lost in this film. I mean, like, yes, I mean, he has great lines. He is line. the villain. I mean, he is the villain, and he, like, meets a really grotesque end where his face gets bashed in by a battering ram. I would, I don't think he gets lost in this film. I, I agree he should have had more screen time. Yeah. But, like, this movie would not be as good as it was without John Malkovich. Do you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I will also say... Well, you, you, you finished that. If we're going to talk I was about that, because I wasn't moving uh, Well, I was just going to say the real romance here is between Nick Cage and his roommate. His... his, his uh, his roommate in prison. Yeah. Who's a, who's who just diabetic. keeps almost dying. He's just diabetic. As soon as they fix his diabetes problem, then he gets a gunshot. Now we got another race against the clock. His, that's his entire character <coughs> is like close to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously a good guy, but close to death. Still going back to prison. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. He, he's, not, he's not going anywhere. He's going back into the, in the plank. Oh, he's serving three consecutive life terms. Is he? I don't know. Oh, they okay. don't say anything. Uh, but like, we don't get any backstory on him. We just feel—he's just the reason that Nick Cage stays. Yeah, as well as that one guard. Oh, and, and the, the yeah. lady guard. Yeah, who's like constantly almost being raped by Danny, by Trejo. Danny Trejo. Constantly. Hey, I mean, I was like, wow, they really built a great character for Danny Trejo, where he, his entire—he is the most persistent rapist ever. He's, he's got like, one character trait i rape that's it i you know he's a simple man he's a simple man uh but i would say the the action scenes in this film i feel are very well done it is it is a film i think that is greatly indebted to the work of john woo mm -hmm. it especially the motorcycle chase scene at the end with the fire truck and nicholas cage and john cusack on motorcycles that's actually pretty fun it's very much like a like a, a Hong Kong action sequence, like that is. Oh, and John right Cusack's in it. Oh, and we're done. he wears socks and sandals the whole time. Sandals, sandals and, and socks. socks. Sandals and socks. Again, throwback. What was hot in nineteen ninety five? Sandals and socks. socks. Say that ten times fast. Sandals and socks. Hold on, am I ready? One. Sandals and socks. Sandals and socks. Sandals and socks. Sandals and socks. All right, well, so that's speed dating. We did it! Four movies! Each got ten minutes! So what do you think we learned today? Oh, well, do we want to talk about who we marry, um, who we kill, and who we have copulation with? Okay. And who watches? Okay, well, I think this, and who watches. Okay, one, well, we're going to start with Mary. Who would we marry? Mm -hmm. So which is our, we'll be probably like, what is our, um... Oh, okay. This... I got it, I got it. Yeah, this is this is easy for me. All right, so okay. Well, uh, no, no, we're just doing Mary first. We're not going through all of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Always be my maybe. That's mine too. Yeah. We would marry. Okay, we agree. We're gonna marry. Always be my maybe. 
Um, do you want to go next to... Fuck? Buffy? Yeah, Con Air. That's... <laughs> I'm with you. That's an action that. ride. I, you, as long as Nicolas Cage isn't involved. Con Air does not make love. You just strap in <laughs> and feel the G's. <laughs> um, okay. Who... Now, who do we kill versus who is watching? Yeah. Um, okay, I got it. Yeah. Um, Indecent Proposal, kill. We kill. And Destination Wedding is watching. Yeah. Clearly. And mumbling, Because that's what they do. Yeah, they're commenting they the whole time. They they're just criticizing. They, there's no quiet watching here. It's just full of full of criticism and self-deprecation mm-hmm. all at once. It's really fortunate that Con Air is so loud, so we don't actually really hear it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just big firing. <laughs> there's, a, there's a stuffed rabbit involved. Um you would only get that if you were that the film. Bunny. Drop the bunny. Put the bunny back in the box. Honey, I got I got you this present for your birthday. So Daddy, like, it's dirty! Yeah, we keep getting close-ups of that girl's face, and it's like she's supposed to be like super emotional that she has her daddy back, but I think it's also like, I gotta keep home this gross sewer bunny. Also, she has to give him a hug it and he's smells. full of blood. Alright, we 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 don't wanna let's got we don't wanna give him more time, but anyway. She hugs her dad after he's literally been wearing the same clothes for 24 hours. He's like gone on. A he's covered in other people's blood. Exactly. <laughs> and she's like, Daddy, Daddy. Um, which <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable now that we talk. Now we're talking little about bit. the little girl little and we're saying that they're that that's our choice for the, you know, mm-hmm. getting it on section. Well, of- she's the product. <laughs> She was birthed from our 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 movie romance romance speed dating, so this is really fun. We got I think we're gonna have lots up for this summer. We're gonna be better, right? We're gonna be better. I don't know. We're gonna do. We clearly won't have time in the next till probably the end of the month. Well, I know on Labor Day we've got we've got a potential for a cool joint joint uh, session, a double date with some very very well known uh, YouTube. Celebs. Have they have they agreed? Um, no, but I'm putting it on table Good. so they can. So let's just commit them now. Okay. They're doing it. It's doing it. It's doing it like Conair's doing it to us right now. Mm. Um, yeah, we're gonna try to be better, maybe sporadic, but we want to stop and wish you all a happy, happy four seven. And uh, you know, good rest of the month. And go Team USA. Except for the tanks. Women's World Cup, goddammit, woman. USA, USA, USA. Seriously, Rapinoe is killing it. Oh, okay. Only the World Cup we're applying that to. Only the World Cup. <laughs> we have to redo this whole wedding. Okay. Jeez, what the fuck? Let's redo it. Uh, Boo America. No. <laughs> we just wanted to say... Uh, there are many things to be proud about in this country and some things to be not proud about right now. But we are very excited about the U.S. women's soccer team. Do we... Do we, We've got... I mean, we're only at 50 minutes. We can do a 15 on, on, no. on child detainment. God, really, no! No! Right no, it's time for my spritz. It's time for Aperol spritz. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's time. 
I've been saving it. Mama needs some medicine. <laughs> Mama needs Diana, give me some meals. Baby's got the shakes. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, well, fuck all this and uh, sit and spin, go screw, have fun, watch movies. Nothing. Uh, watch your know. Independence Day movie. It's time to watch Independence Day. Oh shit, that's how we should have started it. With well, the speech. Do you want to do you want to end it with the speech? No, nah, it's too late. What if what if we did? What if we just read it over? No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. You gotta start that way. Gotta okay. start strong. Gotta show strength. Bill Pullman strength. Mm hmm Went up against a group of aliens. Oh yeah. I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling it. Hold on. Got Hold that on. Randy Quaid in tow. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. What about Brent Spiner? Talk about uh, Chief O'Brien. Uh, uh, you know, Brent Spiner has... Um... I just want to really quickly talk. Like, we do, like, personally have a solid tradition of watching Nicolas Cage films on the 4th of July. Yeah, we do. All right. <laughs> we won't read the speech. Even though I want Go you to read do it. the speech. Read the speech. No, I want read read the speech. I'm gonna pass it back to you. Uh, I'm gonna just <laughs> Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind That word should have new meaning for us all today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're gonna live on. We're gonna survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Mm. Tell me you're not moved. You know, um, it reminds me of a, of a deep thought. Uh, the sages have wondered throughout time the meaning of mankind. To understand the meaning, let's take a look at the words that make it up. Mank and Eind. What do they mean? It's a mystery. And so is mankind. <laughs>